0: boys and girls my name is Alan Moore and you're listening to Gelly Games Europe's weekly podcast This Sunday's Game. A very warm welcome to the second half of our two-part special with GA President Larry McCarthy we'll throw in in just a moment, with his views on the World Games, his path to the presidency, non-Irish involved in Gaelic Games, and finally, his hopes for the future. Um, in, in, in that, I mean, we saw the World Games uh, two years ago in Ireland, which were obviously brilliantly carried out no. and, and held. No. It was wonderful. And the US teams, uh, the, the New York teams, they won the men's and women's, the natives, and they were absolutely brilliant. The level was so good. It was great we saw them beating the Australians. That was good for us because the Australians were a bit, you know, cocksure and so on. So it was nice <laughs> to see them getting beaten. Do, do you think that the, the, the World Games would be a medium for for at least, if not showcasing, but sending back missionaries to proselytise the great like benefits of being in Getty Games?
1: Yes, there's no doubt that they have that potential, right? And, and it's up to us to make sure that when they do, when they leave Ireland after the World Games their chests should be puffed out and say here we come, here come Gaelic games, I'm bringing this back to my country and by God we're going to win the next time we come to these events. There's no doubt about that, yeah, um, and it, it, I suppose that to a certain extent it's the same for a lot of people coming to All-Irelands for instance, you know, the the whole occasion and, and the event and oh man I'm, I'm part and parcel of this organization which puts this on undoubtedly yeah, it has but the New York team is is interesting they were they were all and, and that's an awful term to be using about the natives um I don't know whether we should go into Webster and see if we can get an alternative but I just think there's a certain pejorative term about calling a team natives uh, but anyway having said that um that's what they are, but they're, they're they're all Irish American kids. They would be second generation, maybe third generation in some cases, um, and phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal skill, phenomenal ability, um, and hopefully now in the well, I'm, not sure, I'm sure you're aware that the the, the All Ireland Junior Football Championship was about to be put on the scrap heap, um, and the British counties in particular wanted it retained. So we've come up with a plan which says that. The two finalists in the British Junior Football Championship, Kilkenny and a team of American-born people from New York um, mm-hmm. will compete in the all Ireland Junior Football Championship. To bring those guys along, now I'm being parochial here obviously in terms of saying you know looking at, new, looking at it from a New York perspective, but that will give them the opportunity to compete at the next level. They've all come up through the Fela, they've all come up through the New York minor board um, and then they were on the World game team, world, world Games teams, and now there's a next step for them, hopefully, whenever we get back playing. It may not be this summer, but hopefully, it certainly should be next summer, you know? Um, but I think you're right, the World Games are a phenomenal, phenomenal concept, um, and Pat Daly and Anya Gibney, who put it together, um, are absolutely brilliant, and it's a magnificent event, and really, really looking forward to it. And what have we got next year? 2022. Yeah, I think it was in 19, right? Yeah, it was 2019, 2022.
0: So God, yeah, we'll be back to Waterford, maybe. The atmosphere and the reception of Waterford was, you know, again, I was was here for the, the World Cup in 2018. And honestly, it, it, there were certain things here that would would need would would have learned an awful lot from what took place in Waterford and so on in terms of the treatment of the the players and the visitors and so on which is a wonderful you know competition And anyone of course who's played Fela at home would understand that where you gather yeah. in from different counties and that show. um you, sorry to, just to go back to the World games I
1: think one of the one of the highlights of that for me at least was, um, the fact that one of the nights during the week, all of the teams were dispersed out across County Water to various clubs. And you talk about being social and you talk about socialization and you talk about integrating into Irish culture. Well, you know, the New York hurdlers went up to Mount Sain, for instance, and we had a phenomenal night up in Mount Sain. Um And, you know, if you, if you take the Argentinians, I don't know where they were, maybe they are sent out to Valley Macabry or something like that, or somebody was sent down to Dungarvan and maybe, you know, the, the some other... other team that wouldn't be typically in ireland but i mean that's part and parcel of of, of what the GA does and what you know our, our socialisation process you know and then then you come out of that and you you you've played in the world games and you've had an opportunity
0: to be in crop park you should be going home with your chest puffed out i would suggest you know? yeah i mean with team russia i mean we we'd with we'd, um, we'd four british lassies and the rest were russians uh, who right. traveled across and i mean they they, they knew they were on a hiding to nothing, but at the same time we were sent up then to Turin. Again, there was an Irish connection with Moscow because one of the uh, club members has a, a chain of pubs over here. So we, I knew him, we knew him, and, and we were hosted magnificently there. And I mean, again, all the girls, you know, winning, losing on the field didn't make a difference. It was just the fact that no. they took part and the friendliness and the decency of every team and every organiser. It was just amazing. And, do you think that we, we might be in danger, maybe of missing out in the World Games because of COVID and and just even just in terms of finances, it might be a bit difficult.
1: Yeah, we're in danger of missing out on an awful lot. We just don't know.
0: Yeah, and I just said World Games is one of many. So well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you you can add World Games
1: to the list of stuff that we we might miss out on. But I mean, hope to God we won't. I mean, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel, obviously across the world at the moment in terms of the vaccines. Um, and so hopefully we'll be in a circumstance where we will be able to hold it. Um, I must admit that the finance hadn't struck me. Um, but I suppose, yeah, <laughs> the, the finance department in Croke Park will sort of figure, okay, we can't host this. Um, but look, hopefully we will. Hopefully we will. I think it's well worth it. I think it's well worth it for all the overseas units, clearly. Um, and it's been such a phenomenal success. It's one of those things that we, we
0: should keep going. When, when you. Uh... You know, decide to run for the, for the presidency, what was the, the driving motivation? What said, okay, Larry McCarthy, come on, get on board and put yourself forward and uh, make a bit of history? Um, I'm going to disappoint you now, Alan, and say there was none. Um, I,
1: I was elected, I, well, I suppose, let me, let me backtrack here a little bit. I, have, I was chairman of the New York GA board, so that was, the, that was the top of the line I could get to in terms of administration in the GA in, in New York. If I wanted to go anywhere else, because we don't have a provincial system, my only option was to go onto management. That meant getting elected as a trustee of the GEA. So I tried that in 2015 I got well beaten, um, but it was a great exercise. And then I went again in 2018 and I got elected. And I must admit that I was fascinated by it and I loved every moment of it. And as inevitably happens, shortly after the, the president sits down, the speculation starts who's going to replace him. Right, and I'm sure the spec, I know the speculation has started about who's going to replace me already. I'm in the job now three and a half weeks. <laughs> uh-huh. But notwithstanding that, a couple of people around management said, Are you interested? And and I rather like my advisor back at NYU, there might have been an expletive thrown into the response, and the second word would have been, would have been off. <laughs> right? You're crazy, absolutely crazy. Um, I know. Think about it. No, 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 don't be mad. And and this went on for a while, I must admit. And then one or two people whom I'd respect said, you know, you should think about this. And, and I suppose then it started to grow. Now, if you taught, if you asked me five years ago, had I any ambition to be president of the GA, absolutely not. Um, it never it would never have crossed my mind. It began to grow. The seed was planted, I suppose. I went, I went to Barbara um, and we were away in holidays, and I said to her, Listen, those fellas here thinking they should make a run of it. Um, and she said, well, don't die regretting you didn't. I said, all right. Um, I wasn't expecting that sort of response. Um, so then I started thinking about it. And I said, okay, well, well, we'll make a go of it. Um, and then, so I had to go through the process and I gathered the Sligo Football Club in the dressing room in Gaelic Park one Sunday in September after a junior B match where we were beaten. And I said, lads, um, I need, uh, will you do something for me? Will you, be, will you nominate me to, me to be president of the GEA? And to suggest that they were skeptical would be an understatement (laughs) in a a huge way you know here's mccarthy he's gone off the off the deep end totally but no look i that they did um new york board um nominated me then um and then we went about on we went on the road essentially um canvassing to see where we could get and thanks for the god it worked out and and here we are i
0: mean there was there was criticism when you noted yourself you heard yourself and we had from like you know Joe Brawley, who who'd said, like, you know, we don't need a foreigner running our games, you know, sitting there and we're sitting with a, a, a Swiss native who is, of course, our cultural officer in GGE and all of us mm-hmm. based out in Europe. Yeah. And it, it kind of it was a bit annoying to hear that. Do you think that that kind of parochialism in Ireland, it, it, did, did, did it take it? Was there a bit of a crack in the in the dike over that? Do you think we've sort of started to push them to say, hey, we actually exist outside of Ireland? I hadn't
1: heard that particular comment. Um, I must admit, but I mean, look, we're all the GA, and it doesn't matter uh, to suggest that I'm a foreigner in in, in GA terms is, is lunacy. Um, you know, you, you you spend 30 years in Gaelic Park on on a you know five days a week or on a Sunday, um, so I that that doesn't bother me in the slightest, whatever comments were made. Um, but I mean, it, it's there's a crack in the dike. I, I think there is, and it's interesting actually. Internally, now um, I will see documentation floating around the place, um, and it'll say it'll it'll refer to national, right? A national committee, and I'll put a little bit of a red line through it and say, "Can we change this? now? we're we're not a national committee. Maybe you might replace that phrase with central, right? So it's just a a little bit of a cultural change. It's just a little bit of a mindset change to. To understand that. No, I mean, in in fairness, the people who work around Croagh Park, who are in the GA, understand that we are much much broader than that. But in terms of the ter- terminology and in terms of the vernacular that's used, we just got got to get them. Um, I did a I did a, a podcast actually last Monday week for Shopton the whale again. Um, now my Irish on a good day is, is, is not the not the the very best, but um, throughout the written piece that I had. It talked about our food natira um, all over the country. Yeah. And it thanked the clubs for what they'd done for Shaknagueliga, our food natira, etc. That was in the in the in the piece about three times. So I was talking to Jamie Othuma or our Irish officer, and I said, Jamie, listen, we gotta get rid of our food natura, our food natira. Just take it out. Because you're essentially saying the exact same thing. But you're not confining it by including this. So take that out. So there's there's, there's those little changes going out. You're never going to change people's, Well, you might eventually change people's minds in terms of their attitude. Well, you know, here's the foreigner running the GA. Well, I mean,
0: hold on a second. Just listen to me. <laughs> yeah, it but that's that's the whole thing. it, it is that kind of um, many of us who leave quite you know early on, like we're in our early twenties, yeah. we end up being kind of caught betwixt and between, we're neither wanting or the other, and it is difficult. Do you think that that um, that? But there is that realization in GAA at home, where, for example, we had a boy Dusea, the the lad who was born in Liberia but plays for Westmead, and we, we we spoke like I was coaching a Lithuanian or Lithuanians to play hurling in Laos. So that like you yeah, know, and and they did and they loved it. Do you think that because mm-hmm. of the kind of the uh, let's just say the the population changes in Ireland, that the GAA is adapting quite well to that? It's adapting very, very well to that. Um, you, you look at the demo,
1: that's one of the things that I've noticed, well, obviously over the years, um, the huge demographic change that has happened in Ireland um, from the time I went away, first of all, you know. But I mean, I think they are. And and and, and those kids and those people who are who came here um, from different cultures are getting hugely involved in, in the GAA. Baidu is, is is one example, but I suppose you see it m- much more manifested perhaps in um, common month school finals in, in Croke Park, where you see all sorts of different people um, involved and parents there roaring their kids on just like any Irish parent would be in a common amongst final, you know? Um, so we're, we're, we're welcoming, um, we're, we're adapting well. Um, I suppose the challenge for a lot of the kids is to make it through the system in terms of, you know, being good enough to get on to the level of Bydu has. But I mean, there's absolutely no reason why they wouldn't. Um, Zach Moradi, for instance, played hurling for Leitrim, you know, and the crack was that there was more more danger to him where he came from in the Middle East than there was to play hurling in Leitrim. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, people like that and oh, who's, the, who's the young man who played under 21 football from Balahadrin from Mayo, whose name escapes me at the moment. I um, and, and and those are those those players will continue to come through and, and and lovely and great. I mean they're as Irish as we are.
0: When you hand over to whoever is now starting to think about, geez, I could actually now be present So when when you when, before you hand over to that person in a couple of years' time, and hopefully they won't have to get their medal delivered by DHL. They'll actually get it in their hand in Crow Park, in uh, in, in, in front of an audience. Yeah, I'm sorry that that night that night. I just tell I
1: tell you your listeners this, how do you celebrate becoming the 40th president of the GEA? Well, Barbara was here with me in Dublin at the time. Uh, and so we went down to the local chipper. We got two fish and chips and we had a, a bottle of champagne between the two of us.
0: So that's how we celebrated me becoming the 40th president of the GEA. <laughs> There's something extremely modern Irish about that. <laughs> fish and chips and a bottle of champagne, you know, it would have been a bottle of bowers, you know, before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: Don't query the cuisine, but I mean, you know, it, it was grand, it was fine, and then Barbara was gone the following morning. She was gone back to America because um, she started a job on on, on the 1st of March. Oh,
0: good. A good job a- on the 1st of March. We were all in copacker Park at that time, and we were up on stage of course, getting our picture taken and so on, because you actually you were, you were legging it to go off for your fish and chips and your champagne at that time to, 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 to spend time with before she left, and we called you back up on stage, and you had a Picture taken with the GGE people and John Horne and so on. Oh, no,
1: hold on. That, that, that's 12 months ago now. That was the night of
0: the election. Oh, is Okay. All right. So
1: so I, I'm, ta- I'm talking three weeks ago. Oh, no, that's Barbara. different. Oh, well, then. I'm talking the, the, the day I got the medal, right? <laughs> the day I made the speech at Congress from my front room,
0: Yeah.
1: Um, the night I actually took over and became officially moved from Ultron Tuffa to Uhtaran. That was the night we had the two bags of chips and the bottle of champagne.
0: Oh, that's the sort of, well, it's because it, it was that night when we were in Crow Park. And yeah. it was the, the 20, yeah, it was the 20, 20 27th of February,
1: 2020.
0: 20, 29th of February. 29th of February, yes. 29th of February, because it was the leap year. And it was, a. and I remember standing there and i I gone out for dinner with mum that night and and uh, in Dublin. And, Thinking, you know, something strange was going on because all the Asian delegates were talking about coronavirus, and and I just come in from Germany after like, flying in through from Russia to Germany, and we were hearing more and more about it. When, when did COVID start to dawn on you? I mean, obviously when you went back to the states, but when did it really start to, to, to hit home? You just said it there when when
1: when I went back to the states. Um, prior- prior to coming to Ireland, um, and I was in Ireland, I think eight weekends in a row on the run-up to Congress. So i leave leave New Jersey on Thursday evening, land in Dublin on um, Friday morning, spend the weekend here Monday morning back to Dublin airport. A good friend of mine said, you better watch out, that's that thing out in China. Um, she said, you know, this, is, this is, is spreading quickly, and she said, be careful on the plane. And I thought it just, threw it to the back of my mind, um, and never thought about it. Um, but when I got back, um, and when the first two weeks in March, that's when the, that's when the stuff hit the fan, to kind of phrase. Um, and that's when I realized that, oops, this is different. And then the, the complete shutdowns came, you know. Nobody had any idea what was happening. I mean, even if we, it, there were some warnings all right about this pandemic spreading, or, or this virus. It wasn't a pandemic then, it was only a virus.
0: Um, But I mean, none of us had any realisation of the impact it was going to have. And I certainly, I certainly didn't. No, it was one of those things where we sort of like flew back and within a a week. I remember I flew back in the first and had a radio show the same night. And and the next day then we were joking about it. And as the weeks went on, a couple of weeks, we were, we had one guy, a very, very French journalist. And he came in and uh, he took time out of his dinner and he was, he was there and he said, uh, I said, Thierry, how are you doing? And he started coughing. He said, oh, oh, Alan, I'm sick with coronavirus. That was on the, I think it was the 15th of March. Right, yeah. Cracked up laughing. We thought it was very, very funny and said, no, you're after jinxing yourself. A week later, St. Patrick's Day was cancelled and we were off the air. We were, as in, we, right. we, we, we physically couldn't be in the studio. So, um, okay, getting back on to looking ahead. So what would, you, what would you see as being, let's say, two easy wins and two hard wins? There's no, there's no easy wins. Um, we just have to keep everybody happy at some level.
1: Getting us back on the field is obviously the, the the big thing. Getting us back on the field and, and, it, and that doesn't matter to me, whether it's inter-county or whether it's club. Now, the club is the most important thing. I'd like to see the club back, but the sequencing is what I'm saying. But just let us get back on the field um, in whatever format um, because that will bring some fun back into the organization. Um, and then nurturing us back to a situation whereby we can have packed houses at National League finals and at All-Ireland finals um, in the middle of summer in 2022 and 2023. And that's the whole ambition at this stage, you know. Um, I can't say nurture us back to health, but I mean, because we are in good health. We're, in, we're not in rude good health. Certainly we're not in rude good health financially. But I think you know what I mean, Get, getting us back to a situation where we were perhaps where we were pre-COVID you know, and implementing the split season so that the clubs have their own time and players can play with their clubs without the pressure being pulled here, there and everywhere by their commitments to inter-county
0: teams. Larry McCarthy, on that, I think we'll leave it. And thank you so, so much for your time and the very best of luck. And hopefully we'll grab you back on for a few words again a little bit later when we're hopefully back in the field playing. When we're back in the field playing. And as I say to everybody, Alan, I'll
1: see you at a match somewhere and hopefully sooner rather than later. So if I turn, I'll turn up in Europe, unbeknownst to a lot of people, like you said at the introduction, John Horne said that I turn up in strange places. That has always been my intent that I will just show up at matches somewhere um, and I won't make any announcement. I'll just be there to say hello to people. So
0: I'll, I'll show up in somewhere across Europe some Sunday morning looking at a match. Listen, we're looking forward to it, Larry McCarthy. Thank you very much, and the very best of luck to yourself and Barbara, and have a have a great term as president. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. As the final whistle blows on this two-part special of this Sunday's game, we'd like to thank Larry McCarthy for his time, and also wish him the very best of luck in his term as GAA president. We'll be back, of course, next week. So until then, take care of yourselves and each other.